The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome along to a very special episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast meets Billy Davis. How are you doing, Billy? I'm very well, thank you, and it's... Uh... It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, absolutely. You Thanks liar. Did you notice I was saying that to you to not this guy? <laughs> exactly. exactly. No. Can, I, can I just um, explain how Billy Davis has ended up on the podcast? Yes. So I was hosting Clyde Super Scoreboard last Thursday because Gordon Duncan was away doing something else. Yeah. So I was in the hot scene. It was the day after that Celtic had lost to Lazio and Rangers were playing Limassol that night. And we obviously got onto the subject of who's going to be the new Rangers manager. And the man to my right's name came up, mm-hmm. Billy Davis. And we were talking about Billy Davis as, as a possible candidate for the Rangers job. So we're chat, chat, chatting away about it, talking about successes at Preston, at Motherwell, Nottingham Forest, Derby, etc., etc., etc. And how he was a right, proper man's manager, right? One of those guys will come in, grab the club, cl- the club by the scruff of the neck, and he'll do a job for you, no doubt about it. And it's something like that that Rangers probably need. So we're just chatting like this for ages and ages and ages. A couple of Rangers fans came on air and going, yeah, it's not a bad shout, that. Billy Davis, get him in. Sort it out, sort the mess out, et cetera, et cetera. I then leave Clyde Super Scoreboard, and I'm in the train going home, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I could get Billy to come and join us on the podcast for a wee chat and see what he's up to these days. And then I phoned Gordon DL, you're a pal with him, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, yes. Sadly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very sadly. <laughs> so, so I phoned up Gordon Dion and goes, Gordon, any chance that we could get Billy Davis on the podcast? Just have we chat with him about the Rangers connection, etc., etc., etc. And he goes, right, leave it with me. I'll, 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 I'll get a hold of Billy and I'll phone you back. So that was on the Friday night. Sorry, that was a Thursday night. Friday afternoon. It's taken him nearly 17 hours to get back in contact with me. That's quite Gordon. quick for you too. Most people ignore you for a lot longer than that. So Good point. Uh, so Gordon Deal says, right, I've been in contact with Billy. I've, I've said to him about your idea and um, I've sent him your number. He's going to phone you. And then Billy phoned me, right? But I missed his call because I was out with my Doug. Right, I was out with my Doug and, and my son. Your Doug weighs fifty kilos. And my yeah. Doug weighs. Was... <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it needs a diet. <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. Wait, let's get to this, right? So I'm out with the Doug, so I can't answer the phone. And the other reason why I didn't answer the phone call because I didn't have the number on my phone. It was just a, a, a number. Yeah. So I, I thought I'm not answering that because it could be anybody. And I'm out with the Doug, and then Billy leaves a message. I went, "Oh, it's Billy." Right. So I sent him a text. I went, "Look, I'm out with my Doug." <laughs> And um, I'll phone you back when I get back to the house. So uh, get back to the house. And then I learned that not only do I have a Rottweiler, Billy Davis has also got a Rottweiler. So the reason he's in today is to talk about getting back into football and Rottweilers. And Rottweilers, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the only thing. Let, let me tell you about the, the Gordon Dale call. Uh-huh. He said to me that he could get me on Radio Clyde if I promised to let him win at golf <laughs> in our next golf game. And I said, look, Dad's... If, if that's how low you're going to stay, <laughs> then I promise you I'll let you win. <laughs> that's exactly that is, that is actually very good at golf. He's very good at golf. He's very good at golf. I don't think he needs any help, to be honest he with you. He is very so, good at So golf. just quickly on the Rottweiler. So, um, so have you got a picture of your dog? I have, yes. How, how much uh, does your dog weigh, just out of interest? <laughs> Because his weighs 50 kilos. My, my dog weighs about, I think it's about 14 kilos, some, something. <laughs> but I've got to say, my dog's running about the 45 mark. 40, 45. So, so 45 kilos, is, 50 is, kilos, so is that, does, and is, is it a male, female? It's, pro, it's a female, and it so probably should yours. be, yeah, it probably should be 
I think low 40s. Right, okay. So basically, oh. you've been... Let me see the cover picture on your phone. Your, your dog's a wee bit overweight. I mean, yeah, she's gorgeous. Give, give me that. Give me that. Let me just take that. That's you, water. There you go. Can you see that? There you go. <laughs> which, 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 which dog's better looking? <laughs> please, please cast your votes. Please cast your votes. Right, Davis's yeah. dog is much better than this other guy, Ewan's dog. <laughs> There you go. My dog's a dog. Look how beautiful my dog is. They are beautiful. What's her name? Mila. 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 And Mila. mine's is Harley. Harley, Harley and Mila. Harley. 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 So we've got something in common. We, exactly. we both have Rottweilers. How old is yours? Mine's is six years of age. Right, mine's is two, so it's young. Just a baby. Just a, Just baby. a baby. And it is 50 kilos and yours is 45. 45. But you think yeah. my dog should be on a diet? No, I don't know. I think your dog is very happy. looks very happy, your dog. What do you say? It's very happy. Very happy. Where's your dog? looks miserable. <laughs> it's, 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 so when, when, when you told me Billy Davis was coming out I didn't think it was just going to be a chat about Rottweilers to be honest with you I thought there might be some football involved but, uh, listen so Billy um, I think most people who will be either watching this on YouTube or listening to it I'll be like where's Billy Davis been because your last job was Nottingham Forest in 2014 in that uh, nine year period now that you've been out of the game um what have you been doing with yourself? A lot of football. Well, I've got to say there's, there's been obviously a lot went on in that period. Mm -hmm. um, currently, we still have unresolved legal issues that are in the hands of my legal team, mm -hmm. completely out of my hands. My focus now firmly is on football, thankfully, on watching games, doing courses and all the bits and pieces. Do you want to get back in, Billy? That's the question yeah. he's getting at. Listen, Do you I'm want back in now? Desperate to get back in. Uh, I've got my enthusiasm back. I've got my focus back. You look you've lost weight, unlike, uh, unlike your Doug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to say, you know, I, I, I love this game. And I've got a great passion for this game. And uh, there just comes a point in time when you get the family health issues sorted. My, my parents will be 80 uh, next year. Mm -hmm. They're now sorted. They're now healthy. Thankfully, we got over a lot of nonsense with that. Yeah. Uh, and so you've, you've had a lot on your plate in the last couple of years with your family and other issues as yeah. well. But if you don't mind me saying, you, you do look trim. Mm -hmm. You've got some interesting pecs going on there. You look like you're ready for it. Well, I, I've spent a lot of time building qualification. You know, I spent. What do you mean? I, well, I wanted to come out of this industry and look at. For example, I spent a year doing a diploma in football management. Right. Uh, that was all we do with the, the kind of running of a club and all the, the, the stuff to do so with that. So not just the management side of it, not you're just talking management, about from top to bottom? Top to bottom, all the financial sides and all the, the different parts of a football club. In between that, I've, I've built on, also I looked at women's football, disabled football. I've looked at first aid, I've looked at head injury, I've looked at psychology, mental health. Uh, youth, etc., etc. So, so you've, you've worked on all of this in the last two, three years. I would think that that was an important uh, area that I had to look at. Um, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed that, Ewan. I've enjoyed looking and getting into all that stuff. I've done lots of CPD, continued personal development, north and south of the border. Uh, I'm now back doing the games, which I'm thoroughly enjoying, north and south of the border. So you're going to games all over the place, all over the country. And uh, my plan over the next couple of months is to go again and visit some European clubs and go and look at what's going on. So the passion is back. I was just going to say that, Billy, because obviously nine years is a, a long time in football. I mean, a week's a long time in football, but nine years is a hell of a long time. What's the main differences that you can see when you're watching games, when you're going into these clubs from when you were last in 
as manager? Well, you know that the we all know the game's changed, and we all know now that the the manager's role has changed because there's so many different departments in a football club. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's obviously a big change when you look at the setup of football clubs. There's a lot of change and a lot of different departments, a lot of different people. So you've got to you've got to know how to handle these different things and know how to work with these people because football is a business and it now has to be run as a business. And you now need these people involved because of where the game has went the financial aspect that's in the game and, of course, you know, the, the way that's moved forward uh, over, the, over the years. Yes. See, before we get on to where you want to be now and what you want to be doing with your career going forward, because you clearly want to get back in. You've clearly got the fire in your belly again. Yep. The passion's back. Absolutely. All of it's there. You've lost some weight in preparation for it. I keep going on about your weight. I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't know. It's, 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 it's conscious with your dog. I, I, that's I know, probably what I know. it is. <laughs> Billy Davis weighs 50 kilos. <laughs> What a change. <laughs> um, but I, I would like to touch on your successes, and there's a lot of them. And if truth be told, with all the clubs that you managed, there was a lot of success there, right? So I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here. Is that whose phone is that? Is that mine or yours? Is that yours, Billy? Oh, mine. Is it yours? It is mine. <laughs> That's all right. I'll be Dazzler, won't I? I'm sorry. I'm, no, no, somebody, it's, it's actually the Rottweilers Club complaining about your dog. <laughs> <laughs> your membership's been banished. We, we off air, before we started the podcast, we talked briefly about your time at Motherwell. And you were a manager at Motherwell. And I didn't realise this at the time until you've just told me. You were 33 when you took on the manager's job at Motherwell. But you were still playing. And you made the decision, and a really tough decision, to stop being a player to become a manager. And what you did at Motherwell was fantastic. I think the second season there were some financial issues there, which was out with your control. Yeah. But that first time round with Motherwell, you were top manager, you did a great job, but was it was it not a tough decision to walk away from being a player to then becoming a manager? Yeah, it was. Obviously, at that team, I was just I was coaching, I was playing and also coaching uh, the younger age groups at Motherwell. And, uh, was that Stephen Pearson and what have you? Stephen Pearson... James McFadden. Uh, what did they do at that time? Yeah, they were, they were all there. Stephen Hamill. Right. They were all kind of young players at that time. And uh, when you get that opportunity, it's a very difficult decision you've got because, you know, you want to try and play as long as you possibly can. There's nothing better than playing. Nothing better than that dressing room with the players and all that camaraderie and all that fun in the training ground. And I sat down with the family and I made a conscious decision. I didn't think that you could do the two of them. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this is a big job. It needs full focus, and I decided that it might be better that, that, that I just focus on the job in hand rather than trying to mix the two together. Do you wish you continued playing and not taking on that role? I, you and I wish that I'd, I'd played longer. I, I wish Because 33 is not old. No. It's very young in, the, in football terms, and I just wish that I could have you know, carried on and, and on the pitch educated, trying to pass on some experience to young players and... You know, obviously go through the levels of what you need, need to do, but I certainly do think that uh, if I had it again, I certainly would. Uh, and, and it's difficult, Ewan, because how do you turn down a Premier League job at 33? Mm. You know you know what your gut's telling you, I might never get this chance again. But I certainly would say to you that play as long as you can, young players out there. It's a great game to be involved in and there's plenty of time to get any coaching. You look at the some of the managers that are in the Scottish Premiership just now, the likes of Barry Robson, the likes of Stevie Naismith, Aye. Michael Beale obviously has just gone from Rangers, but these guys are in either their first or their preliminary managerial careers. How difficult is it to make that step into being a manager? 
Well, that's that again. That's choices and decisions, and you know it's difficult to stand in other people's shoes. And again, if they get that opportunity, then how can you how can you blame them? You can't mm. turn on and blame these guys. No, it's the decision makers that have got to look at what's happening and what's the right way to go. So I don't blame these guys at all because it is great opportunity, but. That's just my opinion, Ewan, as far as I'm concerned. It's play, play for as long as you can. Play as long as you can. So there you are at Motherwell. Do well at Motherwell. There's then the financial problems, I think, is in your second season. That's right, yes. Second season. You then get the opportunity to go down south? Yeah, I got a call out of the, out of the blue from Craig Brown. Uh, and, and sadly, we've lost Craig just mm. recently. Um, Were you still pally with him? Yeah, I spoke Aye. to Craig on a regular basis right. and... Uh, He's, uh, he's given us some lovely references over the time. The most recent reference, I've got to say, was was absolutely wonderful and I thanked him very much. But uh, I got a call from Craig out the blue asking me if I would come down to be his first team coach at Preston North End. How old were you at the time? At that point, I was I probably mid-30s, I would think. Okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah, probably probably mid to late-30s, I would think. Mm-hmm. And I went down there and, and I've got to say, what he taught me, not only on the pitch but off the pitch, was remarkable. How he worked and how he went about things. And Did you learn a lot from him? Oh, massively. You know, as he used to remind me, three World Cups, two European Championships, <laughs> and something like uh, 100 nod. But well, I think it was 100 nod games for Scotland national uh-huh. team. So this guy's got so many, so many games and experiences. Aye. But it's not only on the pitch, it's the things that he would tell me off the pitch, the things that he would recommend to me, the things that he would say. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Craig as a, as a first team coach. Then obviously you then moved on to be to being his number two at uh, Preston. So you become number two. You then end up getting the job full time when Craig moves on. Was that an easy decision? Take the full time job at Preston? No, it was an interesting uh, conversation. Uh, Craig and I sat down. Uh, I ensured Craig that if he leaves, I leave. I, I felt that that Craig brought me in. I should rightly go away with him. Uh, Craig and I sat down and had lots of discussions and he said to me, look, Billy, I've got a pension that could choke a horse. <laughs> as he's working, he to me, I've got a pension that could choke a horse. You're a young man with a young family and uh, I think you should sit tight and see what happens. And I said, Craig, look, it's not sitting well with me. Uh, so Craig went to the board and, and asked the board if I could depart with him. The board were insistent that they wanted me to stay on and... Uh, and, Billy gave, um, and Craig gave you his blessing? Craig, Craig absolutely gave me his blessing. He said to me that I shouldn't do anything other. I think at that time I had a lot of player support. Uh, they, were, they were obviously pushing, they wanted me to stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got to say that I then went in as caretaker manager. Uh, I think it was five or six games, you and, and then uh, they, they offered me the job as manager. And the thing about Preston... And I've been reading quite a bit about this, particularly now with Preston, who got off to a great start in the championship, and there's now <coughs> issues around the manager that are today that are Preston fans who are clamouring for your return. Are you aware of this? Uh, somebody's text me to tell me nonsense is going on here. Yeah. Yes, there's some nonsense going on. There. A lot of fans want yeah. you back at Preston. But your first time around at Preston, you were so close to getting them to the Premier League. And a lot of Preston fans think if you had been backed by one or two players, you would have got Preston at the Premier League. Not once, but twice you had the opportunity to do it. And you just weren't backed at the right times. Is that true? Yeah, I think we I think we were disappointing in the January window. When we were flying high and we were rolling into the end of the season, I did say at the time I felt that one one particular addition, which I won't name, 
Why not? Well, he, he's, he's a player that I think we, we should just keep under our hat at the moment. Once, once we... Was he was a good player? Very good player. Yeah, very good player. And, and, was, and was he interested in coming? Were you aware of that? He was interested. He's, he's obviously, his representatives were interested. It just didn't happen, whatever, you know, without getting into it. But I felt if we'd have got that addition, then... That one player? One player, I think. That one player for the balance of the team, uh, for the ability on that opposite side that we required, for his ability to deliver crosses and uh, free kicks and corners and all the things that this guy could bring, I felt that he would have, would have been a very good addition. Aidan McGeady? No. <laughs> you just, like, going to throw names. Just going to throw wingers. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but, but, but that's the thing, though. That, that that's I mean, to get a club like Preston so close to the Premier League. And the thing is with Preston as well, you know, like a lot of younger listeners and, and viewers will be thinking, oh, Preston have just always sort of skirted about the championship and all the rest of it. Preston are one of the big historic teams in England. They certainly are, and uh, people don't realise how big they are. You know, you look at the championship at the minute, and let me tell you, there are some big, big clubs in there with big facilities, yeah, huge wage bills, tremendous fan support. So that you know, there's some big clubs in Preston. Certainly, is a big club, and uh, if you go down and watch the games, you'll see how good it actually is. So you had a successful spell at Preston, obviously. You were then linked to a number of jobs. I know uh, you ended up at Derby County, where, of course, mm-hmm. that promotion. Uh, was eventually realised with them into the Premier League. Again, that was too soon, Stephen. That that, that come too soon for Derby. That's what I was going to say. I I was like, the squad clearly wasn't ready for the Premier League and you didn't have the resources to overhaul the squad probably as you would have liked. Again, without without raking up past times, uh, I've got to say that uh, the Derby County thing was a very interesting challenge. But what a successful challenge. Well, what was interesting about it is that, believe it or not, I, I did speak to Charlton in the Premier League just after Alan Kirbysley. Aye. I agreed a contract with Charlton. Uh, when I was driving home, I was heading to go and have a chat with Derby. Uh, Derby was a blank sheet of paper. Uh, they wanted me to go in and uh, sort out the academy, appoint the right people, sort out the first team. It was a three-year plan. Uh, year one was stability, year two was top ten, year three was promotion. What happened in year one? What happened <laughs> in year one is we went in, we galvanised an ageing squad, we brought in some excellent additions, we got the spirit right, we got the focus right, and we got this team over the line two years too early and far too soon. I mean, you're not, not going to want to get promotion if you're in that position but when you've got a three-year plan and you get them promoted in the first year even you must be thinking oh shit what have we done because we're not ready for this well you are but you've got to take what you can get in this industry and uh, the sad thing about it sorry the, the sad thing about it was that when we were going into the Premier League if you look at the spend if you look at the outgoing board mm-hmm. and this was an outgoing board that clearly was was intending and cashing in yeah. on the success. And I think that we went in there and we we just, we, for the fans, for the staff, for the players, I don't think there was enough support given to us. Uh, clearly it was an outgoing board. Yeah. And then we had the, man, then we had the, the next manager come in with, this, with, the, with the new chairman and that's what happened. And you move on to Nottingham Forest and again, successful spell again. We're going to too much data with Nottingham Forest because of what happened afterwards. But again, what what I read was really interesting and all the times that you managed in the championship with every club you were at, you got no less than 79 points. 
Every full season, yeah. Every full season. Yeah. Every full season, no less than 79 points. Yeah. You were there or there's a boot every single season. You've also got a record haul of seven Manager of the Month awards. Yep. Is that true? Yes. So all that's true. So Billy Davis knows what he's doing, don't you? A wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit. But, but what is this leading to is this, is that there are grumblings at Preston just now and the fans want you back. There was an 86% of the fans in a poll voted for you to come back. Would you do it? I know it's difficult with a manager in position just now for you to to have a go or have a pop, but you're here, you want to get back into football, your fire's in the belly. Would you be interested in returning to Preston? Well, I had a very good journey down a couple of weeks ago to Blackpool against Derby. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say the reception was first class for the fans, the Derby fans. And I thoroughly enjoyed chatting about old times and all the all the nice comments and you know positive chats that I had. You saw the Derby fans and they're all nice and they were, lovely. I've got to say they've been first class to me, mm-hmm. the, the Derby fans. And you know we, we we can sit back and we can we can look at it. But I think I think the public know. The public are not they stupid. Know. Aye, they're, they're not stupid. Aye. The fans know. But as as a as a manager who is available, as a manager who's ready, mm-hmm. uh, as a manager who's got his uh, desire and passion back. Uh, as a as a self-employed manager, you and I'm ready to go. I've got no preference at all in the, in relation to whether it's Scotland, England, or abroad. Uh, I will sit down and chat to people that are interested, and I can't wait to get the boots back on and go back on the training ground. Because you do like working with the players, don't you? Well, I would regard myself as a tracksuit manager. I, I, so, I see, when I play football manager on the computer, yes, I'm a suit guy. Right, okay. Right. I designed my little avatar <laughs> to wear a suit. I'm not the tracksuit manager. I want to look the part. I want to be see I want respect. I've got the tie on, I've got the jacket on, I've got the trousers on, I've got the brogues on. But no you. You've got the boots on, you've got the socks rolled up over the tracksuit no. bottoms, and you want to get down and dirty. Yeah, Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday. Saturday and I want to represent the club. So you'll suit up. And everybody, absolutely. And everybody's got their own preference on how they dress Aye. on a Saturday. Yes. But Monday to Friday, I like the tracksuit on. I like to be in amongst the players. Mm-hmm. I, I like to work with my staff and give them their Here, place. Here's something for you that I read, Stephen, which I think was really interesting. I didn't read... I was trying to find some shit on you, right? Good. That's right? good. I was trying to... <laughs> <laughs> we should have just spoke to DL. I know we should have spoke to go in DL. But every former player that spoke about you speaks highly of you. Every coaching team that worked for you speaks highly of you. Former managers speak highly of you. I couldn't find anyone within the game say anything negative about you. Does that surprise you? Well, I, I try... I've got to say, in all the clubs that I've had, the amount of messages that I continue to get from ex-players, bus drivers... Yeah, you must have been a dick at some point, Billy. Well, I was. <laughs> when, I, when, I was dro- when I was dropping players, obviously you become the biggest one. Ah, yes, <laughs> But yes. Uh, I've got to say, I try, I try to treat them fairly. I try to be honest with them. Not just the ones that are starting, but also the ones that are maybe not in the, the squad or whatever. And I, and I try to involve people. The tea lady's important to me. The bus driver's crucially important to me. And I sat with him just last week, believe it or not, he's, he's now driving for England, Mike. And I met him just before the, the Scotland-England game right. up in Glasgow. So I've got, I've got currently great relationships with all the staff at all the clubs from players and, uh, you know, and all the kind of backroom staff, etc. It was interesting, Kenny Miller was one of your former players, obviously speaking very highly of you on Clyde One Super Scoreboard just last week as well, in relation to that Rangers job. Now, Rangers, obviously, are a team that you played for. Um, 
what what do you make of what has gone on at Rangers in the past few months? Well, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because uh, you know, again, without knowing what's going on on the inside, we're all looking from the outside looking in. And ultimately, you go to Rangers. Everybody knows it's a results-driven business. That club demands uh, success, and also it demands to have a fear factor around it, which I think they've lost a little bit. When did they lose that? It's difficult to say. As a fan looking in, do you feel as though they've they've lost that fear factor in recent times? Has it been there for a while? Uh, Difficult to say, Ewan, Uh, but but I think there's no doubt. Currently at the minute, they look to me as if they've lost that fear factor, then they need to get that fear factor back in. Teams have to be frightened to death of this club, Mm -hmm. home and away, and I think they've lost that. But uh, it's very difficult to say, obviously, because um, it's a club that, that... in stature and spend and fan base and everything. This is a huge club. You started your career at Rangers. I did, 1979-1980 with so, John Gregg. So Rangers is your team then? Yeah, I've got to say that it's not not just that. My my, my, my dad as well and my right. grandfather, they were all ardent Rangers supporters. Um, my dad can tell me about the great days of this club and we often went together to this club. And I've got to say that they gave me my very... First opportunity in professional football in 79 80 uh, when I signed a five year contract with John Gregg and Tommy McLean. And it was a great education as a young, as a young player, you know, it was very, very good education. How, how old were you at that point? Uh, just before my 16th birthday, I made my, my debut in Canada in a, in, a, in a tournament called the Red Leaf Tournament over in Canada, where there were some great, great players there over there, David Coopers and uh, the, the, you know, the Tommy McLeans mm-hmm. and all these characters. It was, a, it was a great squad of experienced players. And I made my debut just before my 16th birthday. Did you against, learn? Against Ascoli of Italy, believe it or not. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. And did you learn anything from John Gregg in those early days when you got into football? I, absolutely. I think you learn from every single manager, good, bad or indifferent. You know, n- none of us are perfect. I've got to say, we, we make mistakes and we sometimes get things wrong. So I thoroughly enjoyed my time with John Gregg and, and Tommy McLean at that point in their staff. And uh, as a young player, it was a great education. So you start your career at Rangers, you're a Rangers man, and I'm going to, I don't know if you've been briefed yet, Billy, but I spoke to... Where's this going? Right. I spoke to your representative last night for, for a wee while, Lee. Yes. Right. And he told me something that he's happy for me to say. Mm-hmm. You're clearly wanting to get back into football. You've got the fire in your belly, you've got the passion back, and uh, you're ready to go. And I know that you're interested in the Rangers job. I mean, who wouldn't be? If you're a football manager, you'd want to be interested in that job. Lee told me last night that an offer has been made to Rangers that you were all that you will offer your services for free. You and this is a children's show, and I need to be very careful and tell you, or not tell you what I said to Lee last night when he said that to me. So, and, he, so uh, he called you when he spoke to me. He's, he's ran things past me, but look, look. It's, but so, no, but no, but my, my, my thing is that he said to me that he has been in contact with the chief executive James Bisgrove, and there's an offer on the table that Billy Davis will come into Rangers, and you will offer your services for free to manage a club until the end of the season. Is that true? If Lee wants to have a long shelf life, then he better not keep continuing to this road. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Look, I'm available. I'm just along the road. It's a great club and a club that I admire greatly. I would, I certainly would go in to the end of the season and help them. 
I've got no doubt that if that offer ever came along, then that's something that I would look at. You're no offering your services for free. Billy Davis, with all your successes in the past and the type of manager that you are, that wants to bring back the fear factor and the drive to Rangers that you think they're lacking, that you think you can bring, you're willing to do that for free? Ewan, as I, <laughs> say, as I said to you, if he wants to have a long shelf life, right. he'd be well, happy well, listen, I know, I, listen I, I know that he's made that offer. Uh-huh. Right, He told me he's made that offer and and the messages have been going backwards and forwards between him and James Bisgrove. So that offer is definitely on the table. And you're happy to do that. And you think you can do a job. Because you wouldn't be sat here speaking to me today and Lee wouldn't be telling me what he told me last night if they, if, if you didn't believe and he didn't believe that you could turn that club around. Well, that's that's the thing. You, you've got to, you know, you've got to look at things very carefully and, and then make decisions from there. I've got, I've got no doubt that that challenge would be a very exciting challenge. And uh, as I said to you before, I'd be I'd be delighted to help him to the end of the season if that was the case. But what Lee never told you is he never told you that he's actually offered to pay me fifteen grand a week. He's <laughs> 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 on pocket, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but look at looking at the Rangers' job just now. Just say just say you were you were to become the next uh, head coach manager of Rangers. What would be the first thing that you would do? The first thing I would do, obviously, is. Uh, is look at things very closely and very carefully, uh, address and assess everybody. And you've already done that. Don't uh, give me that, bro. You've already <laughs> done that. I know you go to the games. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's like every other club you take over. You, you go in there and uh, you've just got to start with that blank sheet of paper, give everybody that opportunity. The ones that are not playing, the ones that are not playing well, the ones that, that are part of that squad, you've got to give everybody that opportunity. And then you've got to start to implement your own thoughts and your own tactics and your own uh, ways that you deal with staff and all these different things. So it's just like any other club. And, you know... Uh, but but here's, here's the thing, though, Billy, and I can say this as an outsider watching Rangers, being a Hearts fan, so I can say what I think when I see them. Some of the signings have not been great and have not worked out. But do you think that you could get a tune out that team? You know, all I can say is that... Uh, and it's been, I think it's been written many times, one of my strengths is to get the best out of people. Well, you've proved that with Preston, Derby and Nottingham Forest, we all know that, yeah. but do you think you can get a tune out of this team? Absolutely. No doubt about it, yeah. I'm very I'm very confident, very comfortable that I could that I could improve their players, I could improve their team. And I'm very confident and comfortable that I could bring back the fear factor that's missing. Dessers, Lammers. Good players. All good players. Are all, they? All qual- absolutely, all quality players that maybe are not playing as well as they could or should, but they're all good players. So what you know of these players, Rangers are not getting the best out of them just now. You think you can get the best out of them? That's just my opinion, Ewan. I, I think I think they're not playing to their potential. And uh, What well, is that because, um, Billy, is that, is that systems, is it tactics, or is it they, they just lack confidence? You, you can only... You can only Decide that you and once you're on the training ground for a couple of weeks, because then what you do is you implement strict training regimes, you implement disciplines, you implement. You speak to people, mm-hmm. you find out what their feelings are and their thoughts. You you sit down with them and you make sure that there's clear terms of reference moving forward. And uh, from those clear terms of reference, you then get people comfortable and happy, and more importantly, you get that spirit inside the building that's required. And for you to be a success at any football club, particularly a club like Rangers you need to build that camaraderie. You need to build that 
that that sense of we're in it together. Yeah, I think you've got to. I think that that application needs to be at every club. Every successful club will have that wonderful team spirit and uh, that that togetherness. I'm not suggesting that it's not there. I'm suggesting that I believe I could improve it. Can I ask you another question on that? Have you spoke to anyone at Rangers? No. Is it just your representatives? Yes. Have you been given any sort of feelers? No. No, not yet? No. Right. Do you know anyone else who's in the frame for the Rangers job? No, do not. Have you spoke to anyone? No. Right. So all you know at the moment is that your representative is offering you it for free to get back in and to prove that you can do the job there until the end of the season. Well, what he does is he makes contact, uh, as I said, he has an available uh, manager. He will make con- contact to all clubs. Right, OK. And, he, and he's done that, he's, he, as I say, he's done that, Scotland, England and abroad. Mm-hmm. And then conversations are had and then decisions are made. That's what And happens. you're at a point in your life right now where you're ready to get back to it. You know, I've got to say that I don't think there's ever been a time in my career that I am be- best equipped more ready, uh, more enthusiastic, have more passion. Are you a better uh, man? I don't think there's any doubt about that, yeah. You've learnt from your mistakes? I've learnt from lots of things that I've done well. I've also learnt from lots of things that took place and uh, I've learnt from lots of mistakes that I have made and, uh, as I said, I'm much much more ready to do And do you know what surprised me, Stephen, about Billy Davis? Is, um, when I was reading about you last night and I couldn't obviously find so- that shit about you which I was trying to find just for just for to, to, to put you on the spot but hey um, you're only 59 you're still young yeah you're, you're, you're younger than Ange Postacoglu yeah so we need Billy Davis back in yeah well what's all Hi, has, has there been has there been any you know you thought you had something and it's just fallen down at the last minute over the last few years has there been anything that you've been really close to yeah there's been conversations but it's never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, but, but, he pissed me off when he didn't take the Hearts job. I was Yeah, I was going to bring he that up. He pissed me off, absolutely pissed me off, because I was shouting from the rooftops and I had a tenor on him as well to get the job. <laughs> so the Hearts job, that was... Uh, 2017. Was that just before Cathro? After. That, after Cathro. After Cathro to replace Ian Cathro. Your red hot favourite in my book anyway. I was screaming from the rooftops for you to get the job. Another time that I was screaming for you to get a job was the Scotland job as well. At that time when you were doing really well with Nottingham Forest and Derby, etc., yeah. around that time. And you were touted for Scotland, Joe. Did you ever get interviewed for the gig at Scotland? I think my representative spoke to Mike Mulraney, I think it was. And did he offer you for free? And <laughs> <laughs> I had to blow up all the footballs in the training ground. <laughs> I think what we're concluding for this. The deal. I think you need a new agent. I think, really. I think that's, that's what you're needing here. But no, I think you spoke to Mike Mulraney, and yes. unfortunately nobody came back to him. All oh, right, interesting. Uh, the Hearts one was very interesting. I got a call from a representative asking me if I would go along and speak to Hearts. I went along, and I've got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to and a very nice Anne Budge. She's and lovely. A very nice Anne Budge, and the people there, and uh, we chatted about obviously the club. Um, it was asked to me if I had any issues to work with Craig, Craig Levine, and I made it clear that I had no issues at all mm-hmm. working with Craig Levine. Uh, I've known him for a long time, etc., etc. As long as the roles and responsibilities were defined clearly, I had no problem. And did you set out those roles and responsibilities no, in, in your meeting? No, you don't do that. You and this nonsense about... I never mentioned one staff member to go in, and I never mentioned one staff member to come out. You don't do that. That's not what happens. You go along there... 
you present how you would train, you present how you would play, yeah. you present what your thoughts are on management, and then you sit and have a chat about the club. So, I knew so, very so, sorry. You, so you didn't go in there as Billy Big Balls and say, I want him out, I want him out, and I want him to do this, and I want him to make my cup of tea, and I want him to clean my boots, and I want him to iron my shirt. That's that's what you would do, and that's why, <laughs> I, and that's why you wouldn't be a football manager, you. So no, that certainly doesn't happen, you, and you don't do that, and it's not my it's not my first big week in the game. Mm-hmm. And I certainly know how to conduct myself when I'm sitting chatting to, to another board of many that I've chatted to. And I made it clear, I've got to say, the, the board of hearts were excellent. It became clear very early on that they were probably only prepared to change the figurehead. Right. And uh, I felt that if they were going to make changes to the club, then what my suggestion was that they had to obviously change one or two things that I, I chatted about. No yeah. names were mentioned going yeah. out. No names were mentioned coming in. And uh, it was clear that the figurehead only was going to change. And you didn't accept that? Well, we decided early on that, that we felt we actually withdrew from it because yeah. we felt that it was something not quite right. Yeah. And, I, I, uh, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. And I, know, I know what you're talking about. We don't need to go into all the details and stuff, but I'm still pissed off you didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the heart's job. I mean, I, I just wanted to ask you as well, Billy. I mean, what's it like being at... You know, you're the you're the name on everyone's lips when it was Aye. Preston, when it was Derby. You're getting promoted to the Premier League. Um, you know, you are the the end thing. You were linked with the Scotland job. You were linked with other Premier League jobs as well. That's obviously a massive high. You must, you know, everyone Aye. must love that. But then, what's it like when you know you're, you're sat with us? One extreme to the other. Yeah, you know, and, and you're and you're wanting to get back in. You're desperate to get back in. Listen, I'm delighted to be here with you. I'm not delighted to be here. <laughs> yeah. These things, these things have to happen. Yeah. No, I've got to say, listen, I'm a humble guy. Uh, I've been brought up. I've got wonderful parents that have taught me the real life and what real life's all about. I understand what it's like to be in there as a manager, winning and being successful. But I also understand the real life of the importance of how much money people are paying for a, a ticket, the importance of the role of the tea lady, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et so. I'm delighted. Listen, I've got no problems. You, you just go with the flow. One minute you're you're competing for the richest game in the world at Wembley. Next minute you're sitting beside two clowns talking about a lot of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> talking about how much you brought ways. <laughs> <laughs> these, things, these things happen. So here we are. Uh, listen, Billy, we're going to have to we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, we, we've gone on for quite a long time here, but listen, uh, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, it's been a real insight, a real pleasure to have you. Some interesting stuff there as well, and hopefully we'll see you back in the game very very soon. All right. Listen, thank you. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I can't thank you enough. And one final thing before you go. Billy, since you're offering your services for free, do you fancy taking my dugger walk? <laughs> <laughs> yes, if she reduces the weight. <laughs> That's how it will happen. That's how it will happen. Uh, listen, uh, Billy, thanks very much for Cheers, being guys. on the thanks Big Scottish Football Podcast. Uh, we'll be back. Just a wee reminder, uh, click on Super Scoreboard on every single night from 6 o'clock. An extended show this Thursday night for Spain versus Scotland as well. And the same with the Big Scotland Football Show. Yeah. We're on uh, the rest of the network uh, across the country on Thursday night as well. And we'll be back on Monday with another brand new Big Scottish Football Podcast. Bye-bye for now.